Hey, this is Chris from the Imperfect Allies podcast. We have an awesome episode for you today as we look at individualism through definite chief aim and its spiritual and mystical background as human beings for generations have looked to things beyond themselves. Please enjoy. All right, you're listening to the Imperfect Allies podcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Richie. And today, today we are getting, you know, personal as we do on this show. Um, But we're talking about maybe something that is the most white magic of all of our episodes is definite chief aim. And Richie, you brought this up to me this week. And it's funny because it's kind of hitting us both in a personal way right now. So first off, tell me what your relationship is with definite chief aim. So um, I got exposed to it by a guy, Ron. Writer, uh, artist named Mitch Horowitz, who kind of um, did what I have always sort of done, and I kind of felt kindred with him. He looked at um, esoteric occult thought uh, with a with sort of a, a, a critical but open eye. So trying to to look at, to believe people believe people's experience. So uh, you know, somebody in a in a uh, spirit cabinet in the 1870s said that they felt people touching them, or or they heard voices, but nobody else heard them. Well, he believed them. Hmm. He believed their experience. And and, um, you know, he is, um, he's an interesting guy. I mean, he, it feels like he treated it seriously, which I thought was really interesting. And so from yeah. that, he's written several books and, and one of the, one of the books that he is, um, references is, um, well, there's a couple of teachers, uh, Neil Goddard being one of them is kind of his main kind of guy that he's, he's like really gone over all of this guy's books and things. And Neil Goddard is a, is a pioneer of new thought. And so in a nutshell, new thought is the idea that our thoughts Thoughts are causative in some way. It doesn't mean they cause everything, but our internal life affects our external life. So what we think mm-hmm. manifests. This is dangerous. Um, if we if we go to extremes or we go past, um, uh, I would say certain limits. In that, like I it, it, during my Christian experience uh, and even my family's Christian experience, people when they got sick would say, "Well, they just didn't pray enough, or they weren't right mentally, um, or they weren't." You know, so that can happen. That kind of like sort of twisted. Yeah. Logic. Sick part of that, yeah. Um, but I think I think a really what what's been helpful for me is think about before the chair was invented, the chair was a thought. Somebody said, "I wonder if there could, I could sit on something more comfortable than a rock, mm-hmm. more comfortable than you know some kind of you know. Is there something I could just make? Can I make? Oh, I make it. That, that stool looks pretty great, but I have no place to put my back. Can I put a back on that? Is that even thing a possible thing? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be great if I could rest my back on something that's not hard and wet or whatever? <laughs> and so with those thoughts, they started doing the work and uh, and that we have chairs now so it's kind of kind of that idea um but that also means that those the possibilities of what's available to us as humans is broader and broader and broader so uh you know dave Chappelle talks about this in one of his specials he's like well if it's if the secret's real which the secret is a sort of a a, it's like a repackaged version that that maybe over overlooks some things because it's a pretty simple concept um but i'll go back to that but but you know he's talking about like folks that are starving and like why don't they just imagine food and all of a sudden it'll pop up and that's kind of um that's yeah right like that's something um what i think is more what's more in line with how it actually sort of works and nobody knows how it works so this is all just observational understanding but much like art imitates life and vice versa you see art and all of a sudden you know people like stephen king wrote about airplanes flying into buildings by before that happened which is a weird thing Mm -hmm. to think about but like in his in one of his books um um, i think it's running man uh that happened before it actually happened in reality so it's 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 kind of somewhere along that and it's a really weird example but like essentially thoughts 
cause change in the world, uh, mm -hmm. in, internally, externally, things like that. So the definite chief mm -hmm. aim is it's essentially a goal it's it's saying i'm going to do this and the universe or our existence or reality is going to produce this and there'll be an exchange and and then you throw everything you have at that all your training mm -hmm. you know classes books friends money uh lifestyle everything else it's it's um go you go toward it um there's an example which i think is great so this is from bruce lee so bruce lee wrote this years before he was a he was a movie star or anything like that it says I, and he wrote the, he wrote this out and then kept it and had it and, and read over it every morning, read over it every night. And there's another piece too um, about sort of feeling what this is. And I'll, I'll go over that in just a second. So I it says, I, Bruce Lee, will be the first highest paid oriental superstar in the United States. Uh, he, used the, he used the term oriental because that was acceptable. Uh, in return, I will give the most exciting performances and render the best of quality in the capacity of an actor. Starting in 1970, I will achieve world fame and from then onward it uh till the end of 19, 1980 i will have in my possession 10 million dollars i will live the way i please and achieve inner harmony and happiness so he wrote this in 1969 is when he wrote that um there's a lot of people that think this is like um this is like bunk or just not you know it's it's the secret it's it's vision boards and it's become sort of a joke um and i think it can be sure absolutely it can be a joke i also think that it it can work in whatever way it decides to work so one of the things that a lot of people that are that have been skeptical about it they're like i want to um i want to be married to gwyneth paltrow or something like that right they say there's a very very specific thing <laughs> like that and it it, it Messes with people's agency and so that that usually like the the agency piece is a big deal and i think that, that that's why those things don't work like that and the other piece is is they want it they want it in a specific way so like mitch is a good example of this he thought he was going to be i believe like a filmmaker can't remember exactly what he started out but mm -hmm. he had a he had a number he had a number that he taped to his computer to monitor he said every day you know every day and and did some exercises with that uh, as part of his, his uh, definite chief aim and he thought it would come this one way but it has come through not making films but talks writing books writing articles doing you know shows those kind of so it's come from all these different these different pieces um and it's come in a way that's different than he thought it would come but there it, he is a, that that goal has been achieved that number has been hit and now he has a new number and um he he kind of talks about how um you know where the buddhists would say or you know a lot of buddhists would say like you have to accept things that are happening you have to accept life as it is then you'll find sort of be happy and his his he posits that like uh, I get that sure and I also get that feeling when I achieve something that I really want like I achieve a goal I I, I, I know that I've worked toward it like that feeling that feeling of peace of Zen or whatever else comes from that too so I'm, and it's not necessarily about acquisition it's more about um, personal sort of power um, personal agency in the universe in the world whatever else um, so building what you want. so with our conversations over the last couple of weeks and with taking this class with uh, Brent Forrester and uh, it just it just it got me thinking about it and so one of the things that I struggle with with these kind of deals is um, I tend to believe and then those beliefs become laws right so for years and years I read I probably read yearly Stephen King's book called On Writing sort of his it's sort of it's like a guide to how he writes and what he thinks good writing looks like and um, you know he's a college educated um, you know English uh, major and and also a a very popular novelist and and yeah he, for sure things like that so so one of the rules that he has is he's like if you're a serious writer you write every day and so 
I, I, I was like, cool. Okay. I write every day. And then when I didn't write every day, all of a sudden I wasn't a writer and then I didn't mm. write the next day. And I'm like, Oh, I, I can't be a writer because I'm just not doing the work that it's taking. And that would go on and on. Um, and, and what juxtaposes all this stuff <laughs> that I just said was as soon as I let that go, uh, it took about a year or two to sort of realign or, or just like let it lie. But now I write every day and I don't try to write every day, but I do. And so, um, I'm a, I, yeah. So in, in the attempt to become a writer, I had to stop. And then when I stopped, that's when I became a writer. So, mm. um, and then hopefully a professional writer soon kind of deal. So it's, it's like this, it's like you want this thing and then you let go of it. You do the work that you need to do that you can do to get it, but then you let go of it. And that's really a big piece of, of how this stuff has worked in my life. So, so um, yeah. I mean, it sounds like you're saying I need to have this aim and and it needs to be very specific. But then once I let mm-hmm. go of how specific it needs to be, then it becomes so. Is that what I'm hearing? Uh, sort of. Yeah. So so um, <laughs> the goal is specific. The, uh, and the way in which it comes to you is that's what you let go of. Interesting. OK. So so me, I, I wanted to be a writer and, you know, I thought that many had to write every day and it does or doesn't whatever else. But in Stephen King's book, which is he I felt like he was a teacher of mine in that in that in that way that you know like a professor or something uh, a little bit of distance without like a personal relationship um I wasn't I wasn't meeting what I thought I needed to meet to be that and so I wasn't that when really um the goal I had to let go of how I got there and how I got there mm-hmm. was or how I'm getting there is you know being easy with myself about writing every day that's part of it so I'm curious so it's how like you, you feel have the, towards... the beginning and the end and you have to give up the middle <laughs> and, okay yeah. yeah yeah you have the aim you have where you're where mm-hmm. you're starting and as long as you're focused mm-hmm. on it you'll get there some kind of way so uh, i'm curious rich just from my point of view on how you feel about it because i know in some of our episodes you've talked about feeling as though white magic and some of the things that come with it you you didn't feel necessarily comfortable with it so i'm curious how that sure. has matched with like definite chief aim yeah i mean it's still it's it's a uh, part of its history so that i kind of have to reckon with right and i haven't yeah i don't have a i don't have have a definite chief aim and i've used this sort of this way of thinking and doing things uh, to a lesser extent uh, with other things in my life that i've worked out you know mm-hmm. fine um but it's it's one of those things where i really i really want to get indigenous thinkers what they think of that Ooh, yeah that's kind of where i'm where i'm at with it so if that's something that they see because most of the most of the stuff that i i've read um that you know there's not a mono indigenous culture also a lot across a lot of cultures there's this idea that we are co-creators so mm-hmm. the creator created us and we create we co-create with with the creator and it's a similar i mean it's just oh, another way to get Part that done um and um I, I mean i think that this has happened on very large scales um and i think that's why i, I don't know i just i i think that this is this is really something that does work in some kind of way uh in a, in a way that's not that i can't ignore and so how do you how do you do those things responsibly you don't want you don't want to take away someone's agency you don't want to do something without someone's consent and so any of this like the spiritual practices uh, that we have here in the states whether it be like hoodoo is a great example it's a it's a uniquely american uh, north american art some people don't do love stuff as it takes away level of consent or agents like that so um or 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 cursing someone or things like that so whether you think those things are real or not totally okay people have used this and similar methods before other things happened there could be i could be wrong completely 
and I'm okay with that because the hmm. what okay. um, so my practice is this I have a goal or something that I want some usually physical thing because a physical thing um, seems to be easier or seems to happen so um, it's happened I've done this with a silly silly enough a PlayStation 4 um, a car <laughs> a job and a house um, so it's 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 sort of and it, and it reminds me somewhat of, of my sort of prayer life when I was in really in deep and religious was was you know I would pray and pray and pray and pray and pray for things and sometimes that they would show up this is way different this is um, it, or this feels different but but um, I would have said that back then that my prayer was doing the thing which I think prayer is effective and it's absolutely you can, you can pray and get granted these uh, it's it's important I don't know the mechanics of prayer just like I don't know the mechanics of this but I just do I do know my practice and it, it comes from um, these guys and it's I've got a goal or a thing that I want um, whether it's a life or um, something like that uh, like and I'll, I'll write it out and then I'll spend some time every day feeling what it's like to have that thing in my life so what would it be like and it's silly but what would it be like to have a PlayStation alive and sit how would my body feel what, would, what emotions would I have what thoughts would I have and really sit try to kind of look outside of the eyes of the person that would have that and feel that and um, and 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 do everything that I can do on my end to get those things and and it may just be this may be like a way elaborate goal setting <laughs> Uh, with some nonsense in between, but um, that's how that's how I've done it. Um, the car, the PlayStation, I uh, I don't have anymore. The car um, is fine, but it's not great. The job, I quit because it was awful. The house is fine. So it's not like it's not like there is this sense of uh, once I get this thing, it's that's the thing that I want. Like it, I have the reason I have not done a, a definite chief aim like like this is because it feels like every time I get what I want, it's just not what I want. <laughs> so mm. you know. Uh, what do you what do what do we do with that? Does that now go into the bucket of like, well, that's that goes in the God bucket? I'm just going to trust God that God's going to take care of Creator's going to take care of ancestors going to take care of me, and I'm just going to float through life and just be cool and be like, all right, cool. What what's next? That's a perfectly fine way to live. Um, and there's a yeah. lot. There's a lot. It's appealing to me, to be quite honest, because I don't have I don't have um, the pressure to meet the goals that I want. Uh, at the same time, I also feel there's a, a I have to really fight against the sense of unfulfillment sense of like I'm mm. not doing what I need to be doing and that sense of purpose and so I, I just I kind of wanted to talk about I know it's a whole bunch of stuff to front load the podcast with but I did want to talk about that um, and to, to me this is um, I don't know it's my primary it's my primary spiritual outside of like um, some uh, group I'm part of it's it's uh, my primary spiritual practice like and that's my, the comedy it's, writing it's, it's oh no like this idea of, of, of using this kind of this new thought thing is kind of my mm, um okay. i will i'll still pray and stuff but it's different than it was if i want something like i'm not gonna i'm not going to petition god i'm not going to petition the ancestors for it most of the time it's something that that i know that i can do this stuff with you know so it's like cooking my own food kind of thing mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and yeah because um, i think i really think i i mean yeah. you know my experience tells me this is real the, in some way the interesting thing to me is the the contention and this from my perspective i'm hearing it's either 
God or white magic. That's how I'm hearing it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's how you're meaning it, but that's mm-hmm. that's how I'm interpreting mm-hmm. it. Um, so I, I don't know if you want to clarify that. I'm just curious. Sure. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, um, I don't know. Uh, I, I think that the universe is spiritually dense. I think we live in an ocean of things that are <laughs> we can't see and touch and feel. We can't that, that are constantly around us. Then those some things are bigger and some things are smaller. Um, and I think that across our history, different cultures have plugged into different pieces of that and and had a relationship with those pieces um, or those parts of the universe, parts of life or whatever you call it. And so we get different religions and we get different ways to do spiritual things, understand the universe. And uh, th- those two, but those two pieces, that God piece, that's what I was given. And the white magic piece was the one thing that I found, which a lot of it is in Christianity. So um, yeah. that's a oh, whole yeah. other topic, but that there's a lot of that th- same thing in, in the spiritual practice of Christianity that I practice. Yeah, to me, they're very similar um, in there. And that's in the way that I think, uh, or at least from my interpretation of the Abrahamic religions, it was almost a necessary to have a definite chief aim to pull yourselves from the rule of pagan gods, right? From the corruption around you, you the whole civilization needed this, this way of life to pull itself up from its own bootstraps or whatnot, or by its own bootstraps. And so um, it became a culture and it's, you know, progressed as everything has and as things became more Protestant, which is just progress in a certain direction, in my opinion, versus the conservative version of religion, but or more conservative versions. But um, I don't for me, the definite chief aim thing is something that I feel like I'm practicing on a loosely mm-hmm. based term. Like, but I think it's because I've learned it from our culture, not something that I believe in in my soul or in my gut. It's really yeah. strange right now because I know I'm using white magic to progress in my career as a comedian but at the same time i feel that every day i've already achieved so much that like life is good i don't need to keep getting more of anything and it's very difficult to not just stop it's not like and not stop because i don't think i can not stop because like it's too easier and it's just it's just i'm contentment is my battle and um i'm content right now i'm content today but yet yesterday me and my wife made a list of things that i need to achieve solely because without the list I don't have anything to say that I'm not there because I feel as though I'm there I feel as though I've made it there's no social yeah. criticism there's no internal criticism it's just I'm good I'm doing things that I enjoy I feel great life is awesome um, but I could do more I have the potential to do more and my society says I should do more so dang okay uh, what else do I need to do and so like we made a list of things that I need to manage and to be honest Rich we got a podcast we got our stand-up career um, I just connected with a venue to start running a show in the bay area um juggling so many different things and um then i'm gonna try and increase my social media presence so i'm doing a lot but it just feels as though i'm not doing anything at all and it's it's weird to have that definite chief aim of you know my chief aim is comedy i don't have it as specific as the Mm -hmm. the doctrine necessitates but i do have one and i'm not being driven by it it's strange i don't know yeah well i think i think that if uh and mitch hope hopefully we we'll be able to get him on the show 
show because I think he's pretty accessible. Uh, it would be great to talk to him about this stuff because I think he would contend that the reason that so much stuff is going well is because you are content in that place of success. Like, I feel like I'm successful. And all of a sudden, mm-hmm. along with that, it's like a mom- it's like a momentum thing. You start, a thing starts, and then you feel a particular way, and then it keeps going. I, I think that's a lot of, I think that's a lot of the work, you know, is not to, um, mm. not to be ruled by ego, but to, to be, to what would it actually feel like to, um, to be super successful? And it would feel like, well, it feels like this. It feels normal. It feels regular, mm. you know? And, and that, yeah. and I think people, I think that when I first got into this stuff, I, I, I thought about like, well, I'd be excited all the time if I was, uh, if I was a big comedian or whatever else, or I was on TV, I'd be super excited all the time. But then I listened to what actual comedians do and they just feel normal most of the time and they deal with the same thing I deal with. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just comedian. They're just, their job is to do this fun thing. And um, the more and more I thought about that, the more it became, my understanding became like my, um, anything that I want in life, like so, um, I'll say before shows, does Dave Chappelle get in the car and play music that pumps him up to get him ready for a show? No. He goes and he drives to work and listens to a podcast or listens to music he wants to listen to and then goes does a show. He doesn't have to get pumped up because that's not what it feels mm-hmm. like to be successful. It's not this constant, I gotta get this thing. Um, you know, I gotta get the in the right mindset. It's just, I'm gonna go do this job. And um, it feels very much like doing the job that I do. Like there's some things that are headaches that aren't, things that are fun. And kind of getting in that place um, during that exercise of, of um, so, sort of the embodiment of what that would feel like to to be in that place in the future. Uh, I think it has more to do with, with the mundane things than anything like, again, it's, I don't know how it works and I don't know how, um, I don't know how, um, excuse me, uh, all the, all the mechanics of it, but like you, you look at the one we read about Bruce Lee, like Bruce Lee wanted to be this, this Asian American actor, uh, the highest paid and he was, and, 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 and people might say, well, he's excluding other, other Asian actors when really life, universe, the earth, the level of abundance, there's enough for everybody. And that's, that's the thing is that when we're seeing that now, like, like there's so much work for, for Asian actors now that they don't have enough Asian actors now because like movies that are that are coming out like uh, Crazy Rich Asians or or um, uh, always always be my maybe or like just all these projects that are that are building like there is enough. Um, I, I uh, it's not a zero sum game and I think a lot of people think life in general is a zero sum game. You have everything. Mm. I I get nothing or vice versa and it's just not. It, um, the universe is sitting in front of us in inf- infinite infinite resources are available if we just knew how to get to them. Yeah. Um, and it's 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 near infinite here on the earth you know there's just there's just food and shelter and and all the things that we need to be prosperous successful and create create healthy sustainable systems of uh of, of life and um but when we zero summit you know it's, and so i think that people people get might get like um put off by that you know like well i'm gonna going to um yeah push somebody else out and that's not true yeah i can see that so i'm curious how long you feel like you have been how long have you been using definite chief aim um personal this yeah so i would say new thought i haven't i haven't really done the definite chief aim yet but the new thought for about three years yeah mm, okay. so within that within that time so uh, yeah go ahead you don't so, yeah you said within that time yeah so within that time um i got a job that i want i wanted really bad and um and that job ended up not being a good job for me uh, i took a a 40 cut in salary to take it right and mm-hmm. then as soon as that thing 
got it was like oh it wasn't what I wanted and and it, it just didn't fit what I thought it would be and it just it's one of those things where you you don't know everything about it it'd be like getting SNL tomorrow that'd be great but then I would never see my family I wouldn't see my family at all and I don't want that right so like there mm -hmm. were just things that I didn't know were a part of it that um, I got kind of ambushed by and and uh, over and over and so I had to leave so I, I cut my salary 40% to take this job and move my family to this to this um, another uh, home that also had issues um, was a big mess and then when I quit um, I found a job and then within a year I was um, making double what I made um, before I left the other the other job did you change your definite chief aim um, no no and that's the thing is is I did not I did not I I uh, interest um, or I didn't have a new one or whatever else with that stuff it just sort of realigned and and <laughs> this is gonna be all right well this may be just a candid because I'll just be weird I'll just be weird with it it was a uh, yeah okay it was a uh, so so um, Saint uh, Saint Cyprian of Antioch. So Saint Cyprian of Antioch is the he's sort of a folk saint in that um, the Catholic Church um, uh, venerated him and then kind of repealed it later on or something. Uh, and and um, Cyprian was a, a magician that you know he was doing all that stuff like love magic and destroying people's lives and all this stuff. And it was like Sim Simon the Sorcerer kind of like he was just like this big you know. And then he kind of had this um, this experience with love with uh, a, a another saint Saint. Justine, uh, he fell in love with her and he couldn't get all his stuff would not work on mm. her uh, because she was so in love with God and um, he was just sort of overcome by it and they became sort of sort yeah. of companions or whatever else. Anyway, and they martyred, they got martyred. Um, anyway, so I had heard from other people in the sort of esoteric communities and stuff like that like that St. Cyprian is a helper and so I reached out to St. Cyprian um, and uh, sort of started that relationship and let, let Cyprian know what, what's going on and there was a very specific thing that he walked me through um and it wasn't anything anything um crazy um what he had me do was was bake some unleavened bread with uh, a couple like with rosemary and a couple of things in it and then at a particular hour i went i honored the four directions i asked i asked um for help in different ways from different different um persons and then um broke that and then cast it aside and it it within within a year like i said i went from making uh ha almost half to what i what i was making before to double that so like this this thing like sort of mm -hmm. this realignment wow. happened i went from a house full of um you know it had we didn't know it but we moved into it it had like rats fleas and roaches and you know things like that and again within this small amount of time i'm in now a, a very nice neighborhood and a house that i can't believe i can afford uh with with cars that are, mm -hmm. are nice my car is okay it's it's got that's a whole other thing but <laughs> but there was there was definitely like this realignment and whether that's again whether that's psychological or not um i don't particularly care um it happened it happened so it worked so, right so so um, and then that relationship has continued in some way and that he is an advisor to me um, in, in part of what I would call what I call my spirit team or my um, yeah just spiritual spiritual guides just I'm curious about the agency that it took to go find someone to heal yourself mm -hmm. you know versus staying in that you know that that's a big piece of it too mm -hmm. is you know people will say is this true is it not but so many people who might have been cursed or feel cursed or going through cursed times do they seek the help and the guidance to then realign mm. that to me is huge as well yeah and i don't and i don't think that so i think the dominant culture is a christian culture and there's not a ton outside of like petitioning jesus possibly the holy spirit possibly god um those three are the kind of what you have to go to and i think that there are so so many
many more uh, helpers out there that um, especially, especially your ancestors, like especially the, whether it's through a DNA connection or just a lineage. I don't know how, how that particular piece works. Uh, there's a, there's a, um, there's another spiritual practitioner named Daniel Four who's, um, he's initiated, initiated in Yoruba, which is like a West African uh, tradition, which is uh, where a lot of the hoodoo stuff comes from here. That's part of the, um, mm-hmm. it's, um, but it's a very specific religion anyway. Um, but he, he has a course and books and stuff about ancestral healing and, and he has you go through, um, your, your father's father, your father's mother, mother's mother's mother, mother's father, and kind of as, as direction. And, and, and in the, the way that we talked about with uh, the Carl Jung, the journeying kind of thing, the, the internal imagery, or he called it active imagination in that kind of way, in this sort of mm-hmm. ritual space where, um, you can either make it physically or you can do it internally or whatever else you, you reach out to these, these people, because, um, I believe life continues. I believe that we're, you know, there's no, it's not like dead over, I think dead and then different. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think that there are people in our, in our lineages that, that are, give us guidance, give us guidance, but are, but are healed. And, and, um, whether they're living or dead, like they're healed, they're actualized, they're, they don't need anything They're um, or they're not wanting anything from you. They don't, you know, there's, it's not even a, it's, it's, it's very much like a caretaker or a, or a, a parental, parental relationship in that, or a, maybe mm-hmm. like grandmother, grandfather relationship where someone cares for you deeply, have a lot of wisdom and knowledge and understanding. And, and, um, and, and you, and I've reached out to those folks and I have some other, other people that I have, um, reached out to as well. And I have a group that, that I will meet in ritual space and, and whether it's all shards of my own psyche, uh, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. And I, it's been very, yeah. um, it's been very rewarding and uplifting and, and been very helpful uh, because it's, that's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So I, I feel like we need more. I feel like our culture of America just needs more of that mentorship or that um, familial guidance. Mm-hmm. I think so much of the lone individual separates ourselves from our family ties. And I, I just know there's so much to gain and, and learn from our family or mentorship in general. So I wish we practiced mm-hmm that more um i guess my my trepidation around um kind of the the stuff we're talking about is because the definite chief aim has been used so maliciously so many times and you know we we will be in the future talking about individualism from that show uh the bbc's documentary Mm -hmm. it's just it's so it's so easy i think to fall into that taking over other people's agency i hear this all the time in the space of go get it hustle mentality it's like don't care what other people think don't care what other people feel that's when you're able to really achieve the definite chief aim because you're not worried about anyone else you don't mind stepping on people and that's when you're gonna get it and it's so disheartening because you know i see it totally different from a more collective journey and Mm. i I mean that's why i like hot breath so much is because if i reach my definite chief aim so do so many others and Mm -hmm. i don't know where that is in the practice i don't know if mitch horowitz positions it differently but i I, that bounce 
Oh, sorry. Yeah. So I think a good metaphor is a gun is a good metaphor for it, for all magic stuff like that, for all of those kind of things is that the gun is by itself. It's a tool. Um, it's a tool for, um, you know, primarily I think it's a tool for hunt, uh, hunting, uh, you know, that's its best use. Um, but, uh, it can be misused in, in other ways. And I think it's, I think it's very similar. So you can use a gun to, um, to hunt deer or whatever to, to feed your family. You can use a gun to defend against some sort of and you can use a gun to to murder use a gun to wage war just you know so it's i think it's the same kind of thing i think it's a i think it's a tool yeah. how do you know who is a deer like like i i see so many people and this goes back to just different personality types that some people think of a strict language where a gun is a gun and a deer is a deer and there's other people that say deer is more metaphorical for a sheep for someone in my way for someone who doesn't get it and is not aware or woken up and in that situation i am hunting them because they're sheep and they chose to be sheep and then i can use the tool effectively and appropriately I just I, I hear things like that so much. Oh sure, man, and I think that's that's this you, you hear the same with gun. I mean, people are pro-war. I mean, you know, for years and years and years, it was like hippies being anti-war was anti-American. Like if you look at if we look at like the all you mm -hmm. know, especially that the documentary we just watched, um, which was a six-part series from BBC. Uh, we'll we'll put links on it. Y'all y'all hear about it. But like being anti-war was anti-American in some way. Um, and I think that that's that attitude has nothing to do with the gun. Someone who respects it and someone who uh, uses it in, in what I would consider its proper manner, its tool, um, to to provide provide uh, defense and to provide food. And and for someone to say, well, this person's in my way, you know, I want to get into Fort Knox and get all this money. These people are in my way, so I'm going to use this tool to get them out of my way, is that the attitude's a problem, it's not the gun. The the, the mental, the, the that's one side of it. The other side of it is, and I think it's something we have no connection to with in the West, it's very very, or at least it's is that everything we do kills something else. Everything we do disrupts something else. So whether it be plants or um, or animals, um, you know, the yeah. my mindset is that everything has an internal life. Everything. Um, so there is, um, you know, th this votive candle holder has some sort of internal life. I don't know if it's the same as mine. I don't think so, but it does. And if I drop it and I break it, it's, I have done that, right? Um, it's the mm -hmm. same with it's this, and so I think we can clo get close to that with animals because we feel like some sort of kinship with them. Because I think we are, I think we're relative. But um, really, I mean, we we that's just the the universe is violent. The universe is always disrupting yeah. and, and things like that. Uh, it doesn't mean that we have to be like we can't try to find ways to mitigate that, you know, um, and work work to be yeah. less violent. You know? I see that because we all, or from my experience, we all relate. There's that relationship between all things in our universe. And I, this has been going through my head because the BBC documentary that we'll cover more in, in later episodes, so much of it was this feeling that every every step forward we try and take has this negative outcome mm -hmm. and crushes and kills and, and hurts so many people. And you feel as though I shouldn't even act. There's no movement. That, I shouldn't even move. Right. Um, and I don't know, have you? 
you watched Loki? Um, I just seen episode one. I haven't seen but, it. Right now. I'm still getting um, through uh, Captain America and Falcon or whatever the yeah. Yeah, and Winter I skipped Soldier. that one. I need to watch. Mm. I need to watch it. Winter Soldier. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, I. I. You know, you follow characters, and the characters I enjoy have some type of magic or mm-hmm. warlock or you know mm-hmm. something like that. And I'm sorry, technology. Iron Man is dope. You know. Um, Falcon, cool, but it just doesn't do the same thing for me. So, uh, Scarlet Witch and um, and Loki, I'm all about. Yeah. So, I'm watching Loki, and I'm not. This is not spoiler anything, but the same theme kind of came up of my definite aim versus my fate mm-hmm. versus something that's predetermined versus me having full control over something. Mm-hmm. And this this yin and yang and this balance of that. And I see while I was watching the BBC documentary, my brain kept repeating the same image of. Of waves of like an explosion and then there is a like a aftershock behind the explosion and then there's something behind that and then something behind that and it's like what came before caused behind but also what caused behind created like how do I so think of this in generations mm-hmm. I am a proponent of a generation that existed after another generation and so a lot of what I believe is shaped by my ecosystem mm-hmm. and I'm not free from that in any way but then i will thus create a new ecosystem based on my ecosystem that then creates another ecosystem no matter what Mm -hmm. and i can't remove myself from the relationship there's no way i can even though i feel as though i'm choosing these things for myself and you know i think we forget that in this country and in this culture so much with that definite chief aim is that i'm thinking this solely because of what's happened before me and what i'm thinking will then have these effects that could be positive or negative but it's guaranteed to have some effects no matter if i think i'm doing something right or wrong yeah oh for sure and i and i and i would agree you know i'm not where tyson is that i'm not a person that i'm just a series of relationships i'm not there yet uh i don't know if i'll ever be because that's so outside of my origins but um i do i mean i do think that yeah you can't get away from from the interconnectedness of of not only like each other but our from our culture from our society from our upbringing history all that stuff you know and um i mean i think that I think you 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 bring up a really good sentiment I mean, that it's you get stuck. You're like, what? Well, what can I do then? I can't do anything. Uh, everything I do is going to be, uh, you know, harmful or whatever else. Um, and that's, I mean, I, I don't have an answer for that at all, other than like I'm I'm doing I'm doing my best, and I'm going to keep showing up, and I'm going to keep learning. Keep if I make a mistake, you know, promptly admit it and try to try to uh, uh, get the uh, make some sort of amends if I need to or something like that. So I mean, and that to me that feels um, better than than one not going after what is in my heart to go after and two not rocking the boat so that everything stays the same because I you know from our our um, Myers-Briggs episode to just some of the things that I've been going over through the rest of my you know last several years I am a disruptor I'm not status quo even if it's a good status quo I'll probably bitch about it um, you know um, mm-hmm. just because that's just that's just the, the filters and the, the engine and everything else that I've been given that's that's what I see you know those things that things don't have to be the way they are and they can be changed and we have a real we have a real shot at change um I think a lot of people will push back on that like because there's been like world meditations and things like that um and people are like oh those are silly I, I would juxtapose those things with indigenous people on Turtle Island still here in the U.S. that continue to do dances and ritual to to try to keep some kind of semblance of peace and pro- like 
and and um, that nature doesn't outright revolt. They still do that every year. They're still going on. If 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 those things are silly, if those things are not silly, the other piece isn't either, and vice versa. So if you're saying that a whole bunch of people meditating yeah. and that it's going to lower crime, like that can't you know or whatever else you're going to try to do. There's something going on there, but I don't know. Um, I I just you know you know what I'm saying like it's these. I don't think that the indigenous. I think that they're they're the ritual the rituals that are being able that are being able to take place in the few remaining sacred sites in the country are are helping are doing what needs to be done to help keep some sort of peace and some sort of like right way uh, but it's very tenuous yeah, it's very tenuous yeah so um i don't find those things silly at all and i don't find people that are trying these these newer ways of thinking and just it's just like trying to figure it out and having um you know the european culture lost its indigenous ways years and years ago they were either stripped from them or they traded them in for another thing and i think a lot of people a lot of um people of european descent are trying to reconnect with those and i think there's something they come out in a myriad of ways and they come out in, in things that look silly and things that look serious and think you know all things in between um but i think there's something innate in us uh it's that part of that relationship with history that says like we are we are uh homo ritualis or or or, or we are we are a um a species that has ritual that contacts things that are bigger than us for help mm. um and um that's just gone on we know that that's gone on for hundreds of thousands of years and now we've traded that in for um different things but it's just it's just there yeah definitely wow um no i think i think uh when we look at it just like we said in other episodes when we look at the diagnosis for some of these things we need all of it and each each piece shows up in a different ecosystem and we forget about that we forget that there are um people in different places at different times and you know definite chief aim might be perfect for a certain situation um versus someone else in another place who just needs to meditate and uh it was like what we talked about when we had dustin when dustin was chiming in you know he he asked us about what true means and i i love that question because the western idea is that true is always true and and it's consistent no matter what and that's how you know you can rely on it and that is a great system for knowing what is reliable and how you can scale things up it perfectly makes sense but true is also not true yet and was true once and mm-hmm. uh, might be true for you but not true for me like it, it it's it's the most uh, fickle thing in the world is truth and i think once we start to understand that we will be able to find balance a lot more effectively because we will trust that there are, um what's happening for someone else is so true and so necessary and then we'll listen to that and find guidance in it at the same time and that's why i love chaos magic because it presumes that all things are true and then somehow useful in the middle yeah um, i mean the, so i'm all about this definite chief aim yeah the, i mean the, the the i think a principle of, of um you know chaos magic was born out of some uh magicians in the 80s that uh out of the uk who were like trying to do all the old old english books and whatever they can get their hands on and they just experimented and, and found things that that they understood to work in a particular way and it's it's so it's taking whatever works and and, and trying to patch together some some way of living in the world where you have a sense of power and you have a sense of place and there are there are things outside of you which i think is really healthy um you know and mm-hmm. and uh, it's changed and it's it you know it's like with anything else like there are groups that are just complete like they're way out in left field and just uh you would look at them and go well i don't want anything to do with that but they're also like regular practitioners who you wouldn't even know because they wouldn't even tell you you know i mean i this is the first time i've really ever talked about any of this stuff in a kind of a public way and everybody that knows me that hears this is like well you're not a, you're not a weirdo in some kind of you know what i mean like you're not a weird 
weirdo mm. in a bad way uh or whatever you know what i mean like um so you're one of the good ones well just yeah but you know what i'm saying like we <laughs> i think we I, I at least maybe i do maybe it's just me but i i think i prejudged a lot of that stuff because every time i you know brought up i loved like as a kid growing up like you know Loch Ness monster and UFOs and Bigfoot and, and witchcraft and all that stuff like I didn't do any of it because I was super scared to do any, do anything and I have done little to no witchcraft but um just because that's never that my teachers have been different different than that so like I haven't had any witchcraft teachers but mm-hmm. um I, I say all that to say like uh I think it's a regular, I think it's a regular human function to be in ritual and to reach out to powers that are bigger than you, um, including your, your mm. own family that are deceased, or at least in the way that we understand life. And, um, but our definition of life, life, you know, living and dead, they would be dead. Um, because there's no, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I feel like I'm arguing against myself or arguing for somebody else, but, um, I see the conflict. Yeah. I've seen it for a while. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I've just spent a lot of time working it out. And so I've, I, have answers for a lot of this stuff and i didn't come i didn't come to the place that i came to in my virtual practice lightly I came to it very seriously and, and a lot of thought uh, research and experience and experimentation and things like that so yeah anyway did i answer your question did you ask me a question i just well, no, i think <laughs> it's one of those episodes i i don't know uh yeah no we're, we're working through it um but mm. i i think this has been an interesting conversation just d- deep diving into um using powers bigger than ourselves and and, you know what that looks like and I'm sure this will be an ongoing theme throughout the rest of our episodes mm-hmm. um, I'm looking forward to where things are going with our careers mm-hmm. with the podcast um, and so this has been fun Richie I think okay. um, we can land this plane and okay. just keep rocking with it but all right thanks to all the <laughs> listeners and everyone that have been uh, supporting <laughs> this is awesome times yeah thanks everybody we appreciate it and uh you know i'm a weirdo and that's cool i'm cool with it <laughs> oh no, no no really happy with it and uh <laughs> no i mean it's great because it's uh the ancestors and the powers they have been integral to uh my mental health my physical health and my spiritual health like that's just just a part of what uh what i'm becoming and part of what i am and and this this new thought piece of it is just something it's just a it's like um i'm a handyman and we're talking about a screwdriver that's it there's lots of other things and lots of other outcomes and i don't know much deeper topic broader yeah i think the weird part is people's families like like i don't know what the word is but i'm thinking muggles and as a sense of Mm -hmm. muggles have been told that there was this guy who murdered a whole civilization with a screwdriver Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so you talk about the screwdriver and it's like oh my god he's he got a screwdriver Absolutely. Absolutely. It's the same. It's the same. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Right. Cause it was the worst thing in the world. Like the, the idea that, um, when I was deep in the, deep into my understanding of Christianity, like it was anathema. You do not do that. You don't suffer a witch to live. Well, where, who is a witch? The witch, uh, Gordon White, who's another, another person that's been an influence in my life. He said, he said before, um, the witch is at the end of a pointed finger, right? It's just whoever we're accusing of being a witch. And if you look at the definition of magic yeah. and look, you know, whether it be the Oxford Dictionary or um, any any of Webster's or any of them, and look at that, look at that, and compare that to what prayer is and what the what the outcomes are, and it's it's essentially the, same, the same thing. To me. You're 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 petitioning powers greater than yourself for a particular outcome, and it's not bad. I like how you said it that way. Yeah, it's not bad. It's just like um, you know, my, whatever whether it was a construct or not. And I and I'm what's that's so interesting, Chris, is I'm really coming around through our talks and just through this process yeah. of everything. I'm coming back around to Christianity quite a bit, which is really interesting to me but it's a total like i have i have a couple of things that i have to sort out um 
in my in my head about what that looks like um the biggest question yeah. being suffering like why is suffering Chris Nye wants to talk about that by the way okay great yeah and i'm excited to talk to this uh yeah for sure this guy um very excited uh, very excited to talk to this we gotta get what's what's the, what's his name again chris nye chris he's actually a pastor and he invited me to church so i gotta figure out if we're okay. going but um okay yeah he's excited to be on the show man it's crazy he's that, he lit up that's awesome well that's great so yeah we're getting a guest chris nye who's a who's a pastor and, and he he wrote an article that sort of pointed out to this um this bbc documentary called i can't get you out of my head which is all about individualism and it's this giant six-part dense really heavy series about individualism's impact heavy heavy, heavy. individualism and the suffering yeah individualism's impact on uh, both liberal and conservative movements and um and progressive and more traditional movements and it, it's it's if if it won't get you to where tyson said you know where tyson talked about this has all happened before and will continue to happen all we can really do is sit back and watch and try to make sure our families are okay or whatever you know like our communities yeah. are okay like tyson needs to be sharing this i stuff. mean it, it it's it's bananas and it's only within like a 60 year span so it's it just shows you a, a snapshot of how this stuff is i didn't happening. know it was that new oh my gosh yeah 60 the the, the episode i mean it started in 68 69 was it so but just the way they covered individualism mm-hmm. feeling like it it like the to me it's the foundation of our nation but it actually this shaped it as it's like the recent foundation of our nation mm-hmm. like people started adopting it more and more mm-hmm. um uh and I, i'm sure individualism has you know thousands and thousands of years but on a uh when it hit critical mass mm-hmm. kind of thing mm-hmm. is recent for sure that's interesting. absolutely absolutely and i think i think it was foundational in some ways um but if they weren't british what were they they immediately had to be something because we are now american we are now mm-hmm. you know um so that that piece is there for sure um, but we're anyway we're getting the weeds of that but <laughs> we're both very excited to talk about it but anyway just want to say thank you all very much for listening to us and and uh continue to rock with us you can of course you know uh, support us on patreon five dollar a month tier you get access to the live shows and to just chris and i in general like you know reach out with questions you can you know dustin came and joined us last week and we got to interact with him it was just so great so um please if you can support us there if you can't leave us five stars on itunes let them let them know what you think about the show that really helps and gets uh man gets gets people to listen to the show it's building and growing and um you know uh we've doubled our original patrons that started we've doubled we doubled our listeners downloads stuff like that so this this last year is doubled so the next year if the trend keeps going it's within three years this show is going to be really really huge this is what kind of what we talked about um earlier in the year mm-hmm. so um you know the trend is the trend is moving forward and and uh, you can just help help bring that into bring into being by by doing those kind of stuff. Uh, thank you all very much. Awesome on the board. Mm-hmm. And I, I think we need to we need to come up with a, a our community of who we are, what we are. I know we're imperfect allies, but what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so in the next year, you could be a founding um, shaper of what this community is, what we strive for, and what we do. Absolutely. So come on in. We're a family. We're um, imperfect. We're just like you, and we just love talking to each other. So come and talk. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Chris, thanks. Peace. All right. Peace. You just got finished listening to the Imperfect Allies. We want you to be a part of the show. Our next episode is going to be taking a deep dive into the BBC documentary Can't Get You Out of My Head, a look at individualism. Please take a chance, check the show notes, watch this so the next episode will be so immersive. We hope you enjoy. Peace. <laughs>